What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. If you feel a little lift in my voice, it's because I am almost home. I've been on the road for four, almost four and a half months away from our home in the Pacific Northwest. We have been literally coast to coast up here. And I just want to say how much I have appreciated meeting so many of you out on the road uh, this uh, season. We have been in Virginia, we've been in Cincinnati, we've been in Massachusetts, we've been in Florida. And uh, we've been we've stayed for several months in uh, Chattanooga, and and just wow! I'm gonna give a shout out to my friends at Calvary Chapel in Chattanooga, and just say thank you for hosting the Fearless Conference there. I have been blessed, and so has my husband, beyond measure. Uh, just listening to what God is doing in your heart, and uh, listening to how you're growing, and ways that God is strengthening you and encouraging you. Uh, for the times that we are facing right now. So thank you guys so much for your prayers and support and just pray us home, would you? Because we're we're on our way home to Washington State where uh, I'm going to be finishing up a book and I hope that you guys are going to be really blessed by that. So we got a lot of stuff going on in front of us, but the big uh, travel season is winding down. And so thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, several of you have asked about how you can help support uh, the ministry that we are doing. This podcast is supported by monthly donations, and it would be a huge encouragement and a help to us if you would consider partnering with us. If this is a blessing to you, um, even just $10 a month, $15 a month, $20 a month, all of those little donations go a long way to helping us get this podcast up and uh, out on the air to you. And it also helps us to create the um, resources that we can get out to you. So uh, we really appreciate your financial support of Firmly Planted Family. We will link back to that in the show notes today. But if you are listening uh, someplace uh, besides my blog, you can find uh, ways to support us at firmlyplantedfamily.org. My husband and I founded Firmly Planted Family uh, as First Class Homeschool Ministries about 17 years ago with the goal in mind of uh, supporting homeschooling families. And we're still doing that, but we have really shifted our focus to helping families become firmly planted in the in the rich soil of the Word of God. So that's really our heart is to encourage and equip this generation of believers uh, to be who God says they are. And we would surely uh, appreciate your support. Also, if you're interested in bringing Fearless, which is the women's event that I do, uh, to your neck of the woods, we would love to do that. You can reach me through my friend Dorinda Wilson, and she coordinates those events for me. And her email is Dorinda, D-U-R-E-N-D-A, at thebusymom.com. If you've got podcast suggestions, uh, we'd love to hear them. Or if you've got feedback at all, that uh, we'd love to hear that. And you can email us, podcast at thebusymom.com. All right, today I want to talk about marriage because you guys know that I have been married for going on 27 years uh, and hanging out with my my amazing man for 28 years. And uh, marriage, as wonderful as it is, marriage is hard. It's a lot of work. And I'll tell you, when uh, when you're out on the road like we are, for four months at a time and you spend hours and hours and hours and hours and thousands and thousands of miles. I think we've clocked over 16,000 miles in our van 
uh, this season. It's a crazy amount of driving that we do together. And it, it'll stretch you. It'll, you know, it'll make you mad. There's been a fair amount of yelling that's gone on in our van. <laughs> I'll tell you. And sometimes Jay and I sit back and we look at each other and we're just like, all right, what's really going on? Uh, what, what are, what's the real battle that we're facing? And I think often it's easy to forget uh, that marriage is an institution that God created. And certainly marriage is under attack in this country uh, big time by the radical left uh, and also even by uh, Christians, frankly, who are not discerning and do not understand uh, that marriage is the cornerstone, the keystone of our culture. And we uh, degrade marriage to our peril. And so I want to talk to you today, just encourage you a little bit about some things that you can do to strengthen your marriage. But before I do that, I want to just take you, like I like I try to do always, to the Word of God. Genesis 2, verses 22 through 25, tells us that from the beginning, marriage was part of God's design for us. One man, one woman. Then the Lord God made a man from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from a man. This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Wow. So powerful reminder, you know, people say that God doesn't care about marriage, but that's absolutely not the truth. In Hebrews 13, verse 4, it says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. Wow, so important. God warns us against uh, sexual immorality and against adultery. It says God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 2, because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Over and over and over again, God talks to us about the importance of marriage. Marriage is a permanent covenant for life. It's living together without the marriage covenant that is immoral. And people will say, well, that's just, you know, your belief and, you know, I don't believe that. And, you know, I'm I'm always saying, you know, it honestly doesn't matter what I believe. It only really matters what God says because he's the one who the Bible says creates truth. And the Bible also says that we are without excuse as a people because we can look around us and see God's amazing creation. You know, uh, every 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 creature imaginable, every uh, every tree, every forest, every river, every ocean, all of these things created by our creator. The Bible says that if we won't give him praise, even the rocks will cry out. God's truth has been made evidence to us through his creation in Romans 8 so that we are without excuse. So we know that marriage is God's institution. It was God's idea that we are supposed to honor marriage, the Bible says, above all of our other earthly relationships. And so how can we protect our marriages in the culture today? Well, I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I wrote an article a couple of years ago now. I can't even believe it. When we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary, I wrote it. I wrote it. I've been on the road too long. I wrote a blog post called uh, 25 Ways to Stay Married for 25 Years. And I'm going to go off of that a little bit. So obviously there's 25 uh, ways on here that you can encourage your marriage. So I'll link back to that today and I hope that you'll go and see it. But the first thing that uh, that I wrote down was to take your vows seriously. So I think this is this has been something that we've really messed up on in the last 50 years for sure in this country. We say our vows, we you know, we kiss and people clap, but I wonder if we really know what we're doing when we say I do. I kind of have a hunch that many uh, who get married in this day and age don't. A vow is meant to be forever, forever, until death do us part. And so it better be serious if we're even considering 
breaking a covenant like that. There are deal breakers and I get it, but uh, I'm not happy shouldn't be one of them, right? We need to learn to take our vows seriously. God said that, you know, this is the reason that we leave our parents. You know, we leave our parents to form a a covenant relationship between um, us and another person and the living God. And God takes it seriously. If God takes it seriously, we should take it seriously too. So if you're struggling to uh, keep your vows, can I just encourage you, get off the internet, right? Get off the internet, talk to somebody who's going to encourage you, uh, share your struggles. Don't keep them hidden because we all have struggles, every single one of us. Um, but I, I just want to encourage you to get help because God meant for that vow to be forever. Now, I have to say this because um, because we live in a broken world, but I'm not I'm not speaking to the woman right now who's suffering through an abusive relationship. I'm not saying that if your husband is beating you, then you need to stay. Absolutely not. That was never God's heart. It was never his commandment. Um, if you have a husband that is, you know, you are terrified of and he is hurting you or hurting your children, then absolutely, you know, call the police, call your pastor, do whatever you have to. Um, but people will say, well, that's God's intent. It is not his intent. And it's all over the Bible how God intends for a husband to treat his wife. God said that a husband is to love his wife like Christ loved the church. And Christ gave his life for the church. All right. The second thing that you can do to uh, protect your marriage is just to expect adversity. Uh, expect it. In the in truth, you guys, the battle lines were drawn the day you said for better or for worse. The day, the moment you said I do, the battle lines were drawn, and we need to to look at whatever comes at us as sort of an us against the world, right? So if you expect the worse and hang on to the better when it comes, you'll be better for it. You'll be better for it because that there's something really precious and. My husband and I have, have often talked about this. We we do it a lot out on the road. And sometimes I think maybe one of the hardest things about um, being gone for so long from our home is that we get, well, first we get homesick, but we don't have a whole lot of uh, alone time. We don't have a lot of time to just sit back and, um, you know, do a little self-evaluation or even have a little bit of quiet time. And we have to fight for it out here. And I think it's a good reminder when we get back home, we take it for granted. And some of you guys are taking it for granted. This, um, that, you know, your lives are going all right right now and adversity won't come. But the time to prepare for adversity is before it hits you, not when it hits you. We want to be ready for it. We do that by keeping the lines of communication open between a husband and wife to be uh, ready all the time to uh, defend each other, to love each other, um, we want to have relationships that are trustworthy. I want my husband to trust me. I want to be uh, the best reason for him to come home after work. I want him to think of me as the best reason to come home early, not to be, you know, that he's like dreading that he's going to come home to his nagging, annoying wife. And sometimes he has come home <laughs> to, a, to a nagging, annoying wife. But I'll tell you what, you guys, a bowl of cereal or a filet mignon is all the same when it's served with love and grace and affection. And I think sometimes in this, uh, in this age of sort of Pinterest perfect moms. And you, you know, you heard me talk to my friend Jill Savage a few weeks ago about no more perfect moms. I think it's no more perfect marriages, right? Um, we need to expect adversity and just be committed to it. Um, you know, I could take this blog post, probably I could do this for the next, or this podcast for the next um, two and a half hours and talk about, you know, my whole list of 25 things, 25 ways to stay married for 25 years. Um, but I want to hit on one more maybe two, but for sure one more thing. Uh, I want to encourage you um, to enjoy each other, to have babies together. You guys know how I feel about that, right? Jay and I have seven kids and uh, they've made our lives richer. 
and uh, they've made our lives louder. <laughs> That's true. But man, I'll tell you what, there's something precious about having a family. And the culture today says, man, it's not that big of a deal. You know, children are such a burden. You know what God says? God says children are a blessing. Now, I'm not telling you, you know, go ha- go out there and have 16 kids. That's not my point. I'm just saying, look at children the way God looks at them. He said that they're a blessing, not a burden. He said that um, you're blessed when your quiver is full. Now, I don't know what your quiver looks like. We had seven and that was my quiver was done. <laughs> but to just recognize, man, have a family together. Uh, don't, uh, don't look at your children uh, or the possibility of having children with fear and anxiety. And instead, look at them the way God wants you to see it. And along those lines, um, I want to encourage you that God was the creator of sex. It was his idea. And I've, I've, I've written about this extensively in the Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes today. But just to be, uh, women are different than men. And my husband and I have talked about this a lot over 28 years of being together. And we have different ways of connecting with each other. You know, for me, I want to I want to feel like I have an emotional connection with him. You know, it's hard for me to just sort of yield my body to him, to his uh, need for sex if I don't feel like we've been connecting on an emotional level. But the funny thing about that is uh, he's the opposite of me. Like he really, he has a hard time uh, uh, connecting to me emotionally without that physical connection and without that physical release. And uh, you guys know I grew up in the 80s and Pat Benatar said it yet, uh, best. She said, stop using sex as a weapon. And I think women do that, right? <laughs> We were we were too young in the eighties to understand what that what that song meant when we first heard it. But there comes a time when we figure it out. And some of you listening to this, that's what you're doing. You're withholding sex from your spouse because you feel like that's your, you know, you're gonna get their attention that way. And you probably will get their attention that way, but it won't be anything that helps you. And it's not gonna help your marriage. So um to so I want to encourage you, uh, look at uh, your family life together, look at um your marriage, the vow, take it seriously. Um, spend time together, nurture your marriage. When you see your husband come in the door, say, you look smoking hot today, you know? Uh, and I, you know, and I think I've heard, I've heard many people say, you know, we got to be, um, find out your husband's love language or find out your, your wife's love language. I think so important, but these four basic things, these three or four basic things really are foundational to what, um, to what you see common in all marriages that go the distance. They really are. Listen, you guys, great marriages don't just happen. They're nurtured and protected. They start with love and longing, and then they go the distance through through uh, dedication and sticky resolve. Your marriage is worth investing in. I'll see you back here next time. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.